Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started louis is an entrepreneur the managing director of evolution for all a best selling author and an international keynote speaker in the interview he spoke about the importance of organizational structure and having a strategy especially for content and sales for first time entrepreneurs he also shares how he is experimenting with reiki and meditation and is obsessed with personal development he is learning to be more patient and to deal with rejection on his journey of entrepreneurship hi louis and welcome to the choosing leadership podcast Thank you so much Sumit it's a pleasure to be here and once again thank you and hi to all your listeners Thank you it's such a pleasure to have you with us today and to begin with can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what do you do today Yeah of course so I'm Luis Gonçalves I'm Portuguese guy managing director of Evolution for All I'm by background I'm a software engineer I started my career almost 20 years ago uh, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time so 20 years ago I left Portugal in direction of Finland and at the time i had a, i was lucky enough to work in nokia at that time nokia was still a really big company and nokia at that time decided to make the whole transformation to agile scrum digital way of working in the software development so i learned a lot on that area and that's actually where i work nowadays so after 20 years went through many different companies always helping them to make the transformation from more traditional approach to more agile and fast flexible organization in in special digital product companies and nowadays i run evolution for all since 6 years and we are really focused in helping leaders to create really good digital product companies i'm an amazon best seller so i have four books published the last one is coming in a couple of weeks so i yeah i think it's pretty much what i do so i think it's a good summary so thank you yeah thank you for sharing that and best of luck for the book which is which is coming very soon 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And right before we go into what you do today, can you share a bit more about like where do the dots connect, right? Software engineer, then in producing agile technologies and now being an entrepreneur and maybe even going before that, right? Where do these dots connect for you? So you, if I understood correctly, we are asking how did I come from software development to where I am today, right? Yes, yes. So it's very simple. So I started as a software engineer, as I said many years ago, but as we all know, we might be as a company. Okay. Let's see from the leadership point of view, if you are a leader of a company, the delivery is the core, but if you don't really look at the organizational structure, the strategy, the operations, you are not really going anywhere. So you are just doing software for the sake of doing software. And as I said, I started, I was lucky enough to start as a software developer, but then I moved a little bit for more to into team leadership and then a little bit more into organizational design, not so much helping the teams to get better, but more in organization. And then later on, I really connected. I was lucky enough in around 2014, 15, to really work in a really interesting company in Germany called Holiday Check, which I highly recommend. It's a really interesting company. And I was lucky enough to report directly to the CEO where I had extremely, I don't like the word power, but trust to really change a lot of the things in the organization. That was my first big, let's say, role on the organizational level. I was really responsible to align the entire strategy of the product. So product from the delivery point of view, not from the business point of view. Okay, so it's important. So after that, I was really, I decided, okay, it was really a good episode of my life experience. So why not really helping companies to really change and align their whole development efforts into their, with their strategy. And I think at least people tell me that I have a really rare set of skills because as I said, I came from software development. So I'm a software development engineer, so I can, and I was an engineer, so I can really talk with the engineers and I still today, I can connect very nicely with the engineers because I can talk all their, all their nerdy language that many people can speak, but at the same time I can speak business. So I can really connect with executive CEOs and really talk about in business terms. So I think it's a natural way to go. If you are much more people oriented, business oriented, I was never very good. I did my job as a technical guy, but it was never. The thing that really made me stand up and wake up in the morning, business was much more. In my case, it was a very natural uh, journey, let's say, connect the whole technical part with the business today and make the bridge nowadays between the technology and the, the strategy, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm understanding it right, work that you did in Germany with Holiday Check, as you said, very closely working with the CEO also gave you that exposure or that confidence to do something on your own. Was that the period where you really started to say that, like, I can do it on my own? It was exactly that period of time because I was hired at that time to really help the company to really shift because they had a really important project and I was exposed. It was not just about reporting to the CEO, but the company belonged to it, to a group. So actually there was a steering committee of the mother company, let's say, with very important people. And we were talking about uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of, in the project mm -hmm. with something that it's not really peanuts. So, and me and my colleagues, of course, it was not me alone by myself. It was me with my whole fantastic team that I had around me. We were able to really 
turn it around and deliver it very success, successfully. And the feedback that I got from the, all the executives was very good. So I decided why not? So maybe I don't need to start with really a huge project or on my own, but let's start little by little. And that's what I did. So I decided that I have the confidence now after almost 10 years doing the job in the product company, it was time for me to actually go on my own. And that's what happened exactly. All of the check was like the turning point for me. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Now coming to entrepreneurship, right? There's one thing that no matter how much you prepare, it is always full of surprises. It's always <laughs> full of like unexpected turns. So even with your confidence, right? Even with all of that, can you share how the journey has been? How have, how were the first few years then when you started on your own and how have you evolved ever since? Rollercoaster. It's the right word. So uh, it's really started in a really tricky way because it's something that if I can share, I think it's a very valuable lesson that I learned. A lot of people ask me, what is the thing that we need to master? And especially technical people like I was, did not really pay so much attention, which is the sales part. So a lot of people believe that just because we are very good at something, we will get customers, right? So that could not be further away from the truth. So you might be very good, but nowadays, especially nowadays, I believe, because there, there is so much competition, right? So I, I usually say that we are living in the great era because it was never so easy to open a company, but at the same time, it applies to everyone. So there is competition all over the place. So you really need to know how to make your sales. You need to know how to make your pitch. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned at that time. So I was kind of very self-secure and in a way confident, but then soon I realized that without a, a good network, it will not work. So that was the first thing that I was able to realize. Then the second thing was that then I got a really good project. We got a lot of money, but a couple of years later, then again, we did not did so well, let's say. And the lesson learned that I got there was, I read a book, which is very popular, which that poor, that he says something very interesting, which is the difference between a freelancer and a business. A freelancer is the system. The business owner is the guy that built the system for itself. Right. And I learned that lesson right there. So at that time I made a lot of money, but I did not have the clarity to build the system. Right. So I was doing a lot of work, a lot of selling hours. So I did not build a sales machine, as I was saying, I did not build a scalable machine to really start to, to make really good money. So I struggled, but with those lessons, so a couple of years later, then pandemic came and I started to really think more in the system way, systematic way. And that's why, why I create one of the big reasons why I created up methodology, which is the methodology that we sell nowadays. It's the core of our business, which basically is a methodology to help companies or leaders that run a project centric company to in transform and they want to transform it to a product led business. And that's why I created because I really started to realize there was no system. So I needed to create a system to really uh, be able to scale, to be able to not be so much dependent on my own work so that I could 
grow it and hire people and people delivered this kind of methodology all over the world, but did not work. Sometimes did not work so, so well because I realized that people don't like really big solutions. People tend to enjoy more like small tools to solve very concrete problems. So now I'm in the journey now to really tackle both, both problem solutions, which is sell a full complete solution for the ones that they want. But at the same time, we are building a bunch of very small brands, like an OKR consulting company, a digital product discovery company, agile implementation company. So people want several tools. So what we are doing is actually uh, building those small brands very specific to tackle mm. the problems that people are facing. Of course, then always making the connection to the bigger picture. You know, you just solve the problem. Now we have another problem to solve. But this seems very easy to understand and it is to understand. But going through this journey took me like six, six years, seven years. Uh, so the company is now becoming very successful, but it was not that easy for since mm -hmm. the beginning, let's say, right? So, but it's, as you said, it's the entrepreneur journey. I love it. I could not live in any other way. So the third one that I can share, you need to have, you cannot be attached to your own ideas. I think this is one of the things that I'm very proud of. I'm very good at self-reflection and I'm very good at to see if something is not working. I'm not very attached to my own solutions. I can kill it immediately if it's not working and come up with something better. So if you look at the evolution for all six years ago, brand-wise, content-wise, you cannot even compare it with what we have today. So we evolved a lot. So I think it's that's the thing. So sales, creating the system and, and reflection and not get attached to your own solutions. If you have those three things, three, four things, I think you have the major pillars to really be able to adapt and really build something really good that the market wants. Thank you for sharing that. I think it shows the depth also of your learning, not just the width, but also the depth of your learning and experience, right? So, so you mentioned something about like a lot of techies do not emphasize on sales. They even might have an aversion to sales because of because many techies are introverted or they, they don't like sales or something like that. So can you share how was that journey for you? How did you overcome that period of resistance? And so before building the machine, right, you have to acknowledge that you need to build the machine and yeah. not be like, like having a blind filter over you. So how was that journey for you? So I will share what I think that techies can do because even if I'm, as I said, I'm a software engineer, but as I said from the beginning, I never felt super connected with technology because I'm exactly the opposite of these techies, right? So when people know me and they ask me what's my background and I say I'm a software engineer, everyone, wow, well, how is it possible? Because I'm very outgoing, so I'm not shy at all. So I'm very social person. So I don't have any problem at all. I talk in conference with 500 people and I love it. So for me, that was not a problem, but I can share because this is exactly one of the things that we touch in the approach pillar of the adapt so how do we approach customers in the digital era. I think if you are even a techie and if you want to open a business, I think one of the most crucial things that people start to understand, but still they don't know how to realize it's a very good content strategy. Okay. So if you start to have a really good content strategy, like the one that we are here right now, so you have 
We have your podcast and your podcast helps you to spread and helps to spread your brand while you are sleeping. So that's what we want, right? So even if you are a techie, you have a service, you have a company, whatever. So think about the content strategy that again, the system will work for you. So something that you are sleeping and you are building your brand while you are sleeping. So a podcast, a really good blog, some YouTube videos, some scorecards, some white papers, book, like the ones that I have. And that's good because that is building your brand while you are sleeping and allows you to talk with people without you actually need to talk with the people. So even if you are very shy, it's okay because you don't need to have the contact. Then after that, start to get away, build the way so that people can contact or leave the email so that they get more information and get information on a regular basis for you from you. So then you can really build that funnel where you get content, you get the email, you feed more content, you get webinars, et cetera, et cetera. Then you, after that step, you can actually hire a freelancer. There are a bunch of freelancers out there where basically they just book calls with you or even book calls with one of your assistants, right? So this is a bit what I do. So I have a sales team that contacts persons. And when people come to a call with me, they went already through a bunch of my content, my white papers, my books, my, my assistants, sales assistants already got a call. So when I came, it's very filtered, very qualified, and there is no much sense to be ashamed or afraid because if they are here, it's because they really want to know you. It's because they really want to talk with you. So even if you are shy, the relationship, it's, you already built the relationship long time ago with all your content. People, mm -hmm. they know you somehow, even if they never talk with you, they already know you. So I think, of course, there are plenty of ways to do it. I think this is one of the best. That's the one that I use to build my business. That's the one that I offer as a consulting part of our business to customers. So it's fantastic because even if you are trying, you can really build entire sales machine without losing one minute talking with people. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Is that what you were referring to the sales machine earlier? The content and then the email and then getting them correct. Correct. Or are correct. there any other parts of the system which we have not spoken about? No. So this is the biggest pillar of the approach part or the whole part of the approach pillar, which is the whole content strategy, which means so I created a small micro methodology, which is ignite sales. Sales stands for strategy then strategy. So what is your content, your strategy for content, then awareness, how mm -hmm. we are going to spread all that content throughout the internet and, and the world. Then L stands for leads. So if you have the content, then you start to generate leads. After you have the leads, you have the engagement part, which is they are on your mailing list, they are in your contact. So you give more and more stuff to engage them. And then you have the sales part. So closing the deal, whatever mm -hmm. you have to sell. So this is a small methodology that we are developing internally that still is, it's working really nicely for us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And earlier you also mentioned that you're very good at self-reflection and learning. So can you share that as you build this system, right? How do you learn? How do you take feedback? How do you adapt both from the system organizational side, but also for your own personal journey on your personal development, whether it is confidence, whether it is particular kind of conversations, and so on. So how do you do that tactically on a day-to-day -day or a week-to-week -week level? 
So my first, we can start with this. My first book in 2015, if I remember correctly, was about the dry retrospectives. So it was exactly a, a book on that topic. So it was actually a book that I wrote with Ben Linders to teach teams how to reflect and to do some retrospectives to really get better. And I do that on the personal level, even with my marriage and everything. We were kind of sitting time to time, reflecting what's going on, what's not, what not go well. So I do it on a personal level. On the company level, I do something very interesting, which is before I launch anything, I don't spend one minute building it. So what I do is usually I have an idea. I create a brochure. I create a brochure of that idea. And then I send to a bunch of people and ask for feedback, right? So if people uh, tell me, Louis, it's very stupid. I don't even lose one minute of my time building it. If the people say, this is really actually pretty cool. So then I go and do, and I build something. So that right there, we have a very initial way to, to reflect if what we are building or we expect to build it has some interest in the market. Of course, it happened many times that people say, yeah, Luis, this is great. This is great. In theory, it's very awesome. But then people did not like it or it was too expensive or they did not understand the value of it or the people that I understood were people, let's say, not the beginner's level. They were very advanced. So they understood exactly what were the problems that I was solving. But people that were not like, say, let's say the laggards, I was showing most probably to the early adopters and the laggards were not really interested. So it was very hard. So it was a journey, a lot of trial, error, trial, error. I cannot deny it was not very structured. Uh, sometimes we are not very good at structuring this whole experiment, but we were very conscious that, or I was always as a business owner that it was not giving the money I wanted. It was giving the money, was paying the bills, was paying the salaries, but not really scaling the way how I wanted. So I really need to reflect. I needed to ask a lot of people. I'm very experiment driven. So these, these companies that I talked early in this conversation, I did not ask anyone and say, okay, so I have a website, a huge website with huge amount of traffic that basically when they came to a specific part of the website, I cannot make them leave the email if I offer this, but I can make them leave the email if I offer that. So what I started to do is I started to find a correlation. Imagine if they come for OKRs, it was very hard to offer anything that was not related to OKRs. That seemed mm -hmm. obvious and it's obvious, but if you build something really big, it's it you want to try to sell at something big, but people are not interested. So I say, okay, let's start with one company. So let's spin off all this traffic to a dedicated website on OKR, so that's how OKRframework.org appeared. And I redirected all the traffic related to OKR to that. And suddenly I get really interesting, very focused, specific target or very specific traffic that is interested on that. So now I can test my ideas and I noticed that it's much easier to talk about OKRs and sell OKRs than when it was before. So. To summarize, I think the journey, it's, you really need to take a look into what you want. And for that, I use OKRs a lot in my own company as well. So we define metrics for three months, then we apply it. And then if we don't achieve them, or if we believe that the metrics are not coming as we were, or as we were expecting, 
then we need to reflect and see what's going mm -hmm. on. That's a tool that I highly recommend doing OKRs, defining the metrics that you want. And if the metrics are not hitting the targets that you want, then you need to really realize what's going on and take a look into what's going on. I think it's a pretty interesting way of looking and helping you to reflect how the company is performing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So apart from everything that we have spoken about, what else do you do? What else keeps you busy? So to be honest, this is really a lot of the things, right? Because open, having an adapt, which is a monster company, now we are going into a certification program, then all these micro brands, running a business in Portugal, Germany, Finland, where we are, it's not easy. So what I'm trying to do on the personal level, trying to get busy because I want to become a better leader and I want to become a better, yeah, let's say a better entrepreneur. I'm trying to focus a lot in getting a little bit more out of meditation, Reiki, uh, some interesting therapy to look at what went wrong in my childhood. I think we all have some issues from childhood. <laughs> it's not that we try to joke, but it's true. So I'm very obsessed, let's say, for my personal development. And I'm getting very interesting insights out of Reiki and out of the meditation part. And then it's hobbies. I do water polo. I play football as any Portuguese guy, I'd say. I think every Portuguese guy is passionate about football. And I go to gym. I'm trying now as well to, to bring all this knowledge more practical into the university. I'm teaching business topics in here in Portugal. And I'm planning to do some volunteer work on some accelerators and doing some mentoring program. So as you can see, it's a tricky life. It's full of. Yeah. Things, uh, but we're yeah. just trying to have some impact in some way. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that. Right. And as you said, right, it, that's an entrepreneur's life. So you have your leg put down in multiple places. Can you share what is the vision for the future? What do you see for the next six years, maybe of your journey? Where do you want to be or what kind of impact? Very clear. Would you like Very to clear. have? Very clear. So I have a very strong vision for what I want in the next 10 years. So everything started with, let's say, as I said several times during this talk, the adapt is the core of everything. Of course, then we have all these small companies, but it's always to support adapt. It's, as I said, is a methodology to support leaders to transform their companies. But I truly believe that startups, nowadays everyone talks, or oh, every hundred startups, only two or three startups can make it. And I truly believe, to be very honest, that number is completely stupid. That's a, forgive my word, because I truly believe that there is a huge waste. If you think about the investment, the money that is spent in 100 startups, we are talking about most probably trillions of dollars, not billions, but trillions of dollars, right? So, and out of these trillions, only 3%, it will be successful. And I don't think that we need to stick to those 3%. I truly believe that we can increase that to 20, 30%. The only thing we need, the only thing, right, which is very hard. The only thing we need to do is actually learn how to build proper startups. And what we are doing right now with adapt methodologies, in reality, we are really helping bigger organizations to transform themselves into very fast, flexible, and maybe even look like and operate like a startup. 
we are actually doing the opposite work of scaling, right? We are, we have a huge company and what we do is kind of the scaling that company, transform them in small value streams, products, ties, company, very fast. So why not, why not apply the same ideas and instead of transforming companies that are already very mature, why not helping the companies to grow? from the beginning in the proper way, instead of letting mm -hmm. them do the old screw up and then bring them back. So what I want to do there in the future, it's a very, it's a very concrete plan, which is creating a, an incubator, an accelerator slash venture capital, even a group where I can utilize the, all the knowledge that I acquired during the last 20 years of my life to really helping companies and startups to grow and to increase their success so that we can really have much more impactful businesses in our society so that we can actually create a better impact in the world. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And as you move towards that, what big challenges that you see that lie ahead on your way? The challenges that I see, it's first of all, to make the adapt successful. I think that depends on all of that because I don't want at this moment to really get external capital. So if I don't really grow, adapt, it will be hard, but I'm very confident that we will be able to do it. And it will be hard to actually, maybe not hard, but it's one of the difficulties is if I want to open a VC company, an accelerator, maybe to be confused with just another one. So I need to really think, how can I show the value and why are we so different from all the others in existing accelerators, incubators, VCs, which I'm talking in different areas. So I'm not saying that they're all the same, but different things. So how it will be different from the others. I think that will be the positioning part could be one of the major difficulties and maybe uh, since I'm Portuguese, definitely most probably I will not try the market in Portugal because it's extremely small. So the market most probably will be in Germany or Middle East where we are entering as well. But all of those cultures are not mine. So I need to build the contact as well. So there is a lot of challenge, but I truly believe that the idea it's pretty good. So I just need to work it through and make it happen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And personally for you earlier, you mentioned a bit about like therapy or meditation and uncovering parts of yourself. Can you share, does that present? So any challenge that given the future plans that you have, is there any personal challenge that is showing up and because of which you are delving into therapy or meditation to uncover that aspects of your personality? Yeah. So there's two big issues that I found out from my childhood that I, I have, and they are not extremely, or they are extremely problematic if you are an entrepreneur, which is one of them, it's lack of patience. But I think this is common to all entrepreneurs. We want everything to happen very fast, but being not patient lead us to become very anxious and impulsive. And that's something that definitely I want to tackle and I want to get some help on it so that I can relax. And that's why the meditation part. And the other one, which is very connected with entrepreneurship or not being a good thing for entrepreneurship is the fact that rejection. I think all the entrepreneurs need to become very good at 
being rejected, right? Because we will pitch 100 times and most probably 101 will be rejected, right? So, but it's very hard for people that have some issues. They did not get the attention they deserve. They were not acknowledged when they were young, right? So you have some issues of rejection. If you are going into entrepreneurship journey, rejection is not a, an issue that you can have. It's something that you need to practice very nicely because you will have rejection every single day of your career. So that's something that I really want to tackle and improve as well, because then it's a journey that I'm trying to make to understand that it's not personal. It's not personal. People are not rejecting me as a personal. People are rejecting the idea, which is completely different. And sometimes it's impossible to detach when someone rejects the idea, they immediately, I immediately associate that they are rejecting me as Luis, not my crazy idea that needs to be worked out. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, first of all, thank you for being honest and open about that. And second of all, as you said, right, it's a journey which most entrepreneurs go through. And I think meditation, which you mentioned earlier, is like the perfect antidote uh, to that because I do use uh, a lot of meditation personally for myself and even with my work with many CEOs and founders. And like, I, I used to hate meditation. Like if I go back 10 years, I used to say that would be a waste of time because I was that, like that kind of an impulsive and impatient leader. But now one of my biggest learnings is that these two things are not maybe against each other, but sometimes by slowing down, by just simply focusing on what is happening within you, like the anxiety shows up as particular body sensations, mm -hmm. right? To just by being aware of that, which meditation can help you become more aware. You can actually do something which accelerate your impact, which accelerate your speed and not by working more, not by being more busy. Uh, and you lose that awareness or sense or that intelligence if you're always trying to get a yes, right? And I think yes. it's very related, right? Impatience makes you more prone to make mistakes and get rejected. And then when you get rejected, then what you said, right? The confusion between is this rejection me for me as what I am doing or just to what I am offering in yes. that moment of time? And meditation allows you to create that boundary or that separation. And then that allows you to keep stay balanced and move forward. When like in a hurry, in a rush, you think that you're doing more, but actually you're making a lot of mistakes or you're yes. just like uh, you're being very inefficient. So thank yes. you for adding that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And before, before we end, right, is there anything that you would like to add or if anybody who's listening would like to reach out to you, what would be the best best way for them to do so? LinkedIn, it's very easy. It's I'm very active to LinkedIn, even better than my emails because I get a lot of emails, so sometimes it's hard. So if you look for Luis Gonsalves, and then I can you can put it on the show notes, but Luis Gonsalves and the managing director of Evolution for All, for, with the number four, so Evolution number four, all. And you can immediately find me. If you need something, just drop me a message in LinkedIn. It's the best way. If you want to know a little bit more about what I've been talking about, uh, this methodology, adaptmethodology.com. It's the place to go. So interesting methodology to help leaders to move from projects to product organization. Thank you. Thank you, Luis, for sharing your life story. Thank, Thank you for sharing the wonderful reflections and how you have overcome the challenges that you have faced. And I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead and that wonderful vision that you have for yourself. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and see you soon and wish you all the best for you and for your audience. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. 
That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.